different. Others may see it different. We want to talk about, again, five of these. How does, excuse me, the kingdom of God work? With this understanding, even inside the church, there are different levels of understanding about all five of these issues that we'll talk about over the next five weeks and different levels of participation. But we should be growing in them, developing in them, as a disciple becoming more like Jesus. <clears throat> even sometimes, even times when we do them, we don't understand why we're doing them, and we want to want to come around to a reason why we do the things that we do. So we're going to talk about one very simple one today. This isn't a, a message. Anybody's going to walk out of here going, "Wow, what a what a life shattering alteration of thinking that caused me." I think you know this one. Question is what level of participation are you? So listen to Matthew chapter 20, where Jesus gives a very clear call to us that the world sees one way, and we should see things another way. Are you ready? But Jesus called verse 25, then to him and said, You know, it's obvious, you know this. That the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercised authority over them. You know how the world works. You know how the Gentiles do things. You know how great people, powerful people, people in authority, you know how they work. Uh, they lord it over you. They control you. They exercise authority over you. This is the way... The world sees power. How they use power. And then verse 26 is where he turns everything around. It shall not be so among you. This is not the way my kingdom works. This is not the way it's going to happen in my kingdom. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus looks at us so clearly in this moment, and he says, I want you to see yourselves differently than the world sees you. He calls us to see ourselves as servants to a lost world. Jesus basically says, here's how the world sees power. Here's how the world holds on to power. They hold it over you. They use their position to to get what they want. If they have something, they use it to their advantage. If they possess something, they use it to their advantage. If they have power, they use it to their advantage. Whatever they've got, they've got a gift, a talent, or ability. They use it for their good. They lord it over you and control you. That's not the way I want you to see it. They used to get attention to get the nicest seats in the house, to get the most comfortable places, to be one who is served by everybody, that Jesus looks at us and says, that's the way the world works. That's not the way my kingdom works. He turns it all right side up, and he says, it shall not be so among you. If you want to be great in my kingdom, if you want to do it right in my kingdom, see yourself as a servant. Jesus says in his kingdom, the place of honor is not necessarily sitting at the table, 
that it's waiting on the table, and that it's using what I have, whatever it is that I have, music ability, whatever abilities I have, friendliness, kindness, whatever skills I have, whatever position I'm in, to use it, greatness is using those things, not to serve me, but to serve others. How would we see things differently? in the places that we walk, if we walk into them, seeing ourselves as we are here to serve us, how would we see our resources, our talents, and our gifts differently if we took this scripture seriously and we said, I am a disciple of Christ. He's given me what he's given me. Put me in the places that he's put me. Resource me the way he's resourced me. So I will serve us. Not try to gain position for myself. Not to try to gain authority for myself. Not to try to gain honor for myself. Not to try to get rewarded over other people. But he's given me all of these things that I have to serve people. To encourage people. How would, how would the boss at work, the manager at work, function differently? you think he would still have integrity to make sure the business runs right? I would say yes, he would. But how would he treat his, would he treat his employees differently if he saw them? They said, not only am I here to make sure this business runs right, but God has put me in a place of authority to serve, to encourage, to bless, to lift up, to build up. Does that mean tough decisions are never made? stand here for four or five minutes watching this. I'm wanting to, you know how you are, but it's like you want to go home, right? You want to go home. In the meantime, another guy gets behind me, another guy got a loaded basket of stuff behind him. And 
I'm watching all this stuff go down the, the lane. And then they say, they say it's costing you know, whatever, how much money it was. And they reach in their purse and get out the checkbook and start slowly writing the check. And I, I'm just like, I just want to get my five items, items to go home. As soon as she's done, she flips the switch off. And she says, we've got to lose the lane to To which the guy with all the stuff in the basket shoots right into the lane. I'm having a moment in the flesh right there. Before I even knew it, I said, really? And the gal kind of catches what's going on. She goes, oh, 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 sir, he was ahead of you. The guy. I've only got four or five cents either. To which the guy completely ignores him. And she sees me, and I'm just like, God, give me your grace at this very moment. This is one of those postal moments that can happen in life, you know. And she says, sir, and he just keeps on. And I find said, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm not being like a servant. The guy directly behind me, he only has two items. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, <laughs> And I said, no, 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 you only got two things. Now go, 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 go on. You know, the, how would life be different if all of us walked through life as the servant of the situation. I would have felt much different that day if I had been thinking, hey, you know what? I'm here to serve these people here. This guy's in such a big hurry. It's all right. The call is to let ourselves see ourselves in this role as being a servant. And Jesus is the greatest example of that. If anyone deserved to be first in line, it was Jesus. If anyone deserved to be able to cut the front line every time, it was Jesus. If anyone deserved the best table all the time, it was Jesus. If anyone deserved to be served or pampered or to walk among us with no demands, it was Jesus. But he came to serve. In Philippians it says this, each of you, Philippians chapter 2, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. When I was standing in that line that day, I had a hard time looking, hard time looking at other people's interests. But we're not only looking at our own interests, but the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. This is a challenge. What is your attitude like? It should, we should try to be a disciple of Jesus. Who, Jesus being very nature God, he has the right to everything. He, he's the supreme one. He should expect everything. Did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He didn't consider that he should be able to go to the front of the line something that had to be held on. He made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of the servant being made and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him 
that shows us the way to really approach life and how to get the most out of our journey up on this life. He could have demanded anything, but he gives us this living example of even though he was by nature God, didn't consider equality with that, didn't consider his position something to be held on to and grasped, but took on the nature of a servant. He calls us to be the same. He could have demanded anything, but he chose a servant. I would argue that Jesus had the greatest impact on the world of any man who's ever lived on this earth, and he did it as a servant. I would argue that the most powerful person that ever walked on this earth was Jesus. He could speak to storms, and they had to answer. He could walk on water. He could raise the dead. And he didn't use it to gain power or position or authority for himself. He used it to serve the greatest need of mankind. Wow. What an example. He used his power to serve, and he changed the world through serving. And he had the power of God. Here's my question for you. What power do you have? You're not equal with God. I'm not equal with God. We're not even on the same plane. But we've been given some power. We've been given some gifting. We've been given some some resources. Do you see, do you see those things as things to be grabbed and held on to to try to gain authority for yourself? Or do you see yourself as being given something? here on this earth, just like he did. We're here. How will we use what we have? How will we use what we have been given? Will we use it as servants? Here's the Christian world. See yourself as a servant in this world to bless other people's lives. Let me give you a couple of quick things about a servant. I think there's four of them. best way to change the world is to serve the needs of the world. If you really want to change things, look for places where there are needs and serve. In fact, one of the best definitions of a calling that I've ever heard is when you see a need and you have the ability to do something about it. That this is the calling. To look at the needs around you, look at what's going on around you and ask yourself a simple question. How, what can I do to make this need less and to make the world better? What can I do? This is the greatest way to change the world. As the servant is given an assignment. We're given an assignment. Now, we talk a lot about volunteers, but as a pastor, I kind of pull back from that word volunteer, even though I understand what we but a volunteer, you know, we do volunteer banquets and we you know, talk about volunteers, but in reality, I understand the term volunteer. But I also want to express that in the kingdom, they aren't volunteers. We call it volunteers. We have assignments. We have things for which we'll ask you God. Now, the church is a unique organization in that if you
most businesses you go into this week, you will be served by somebody, but in most cases, vast majority of cases, you're not being served by a volunteer. You come into the church, and it's just the opposite. The vast majority of people who serve us are volunteers. What does that mean? They're not getting paid to do it. They're doing it for some other reason. I would tell you that other reason is we're called to do it. We're called to be a part of this. We're called to be involved, involved in it. So when you come to church and you see a greeter at the door or somebody at the information booth or at us or you look at the choir members or most of the worship team members or the children's workers or the nursery workers or the C2 group leaders, the vast majority are giving their time without any financial compensation but have a calling upon their life to do that very thing. The people who drive the buses or prepare funeral meals. Well, we have, we'll have several hundred volunteers who will show up at, at VBS. And some of these people not only show up and work at VBS but take, and volunteer, but take a week off of, time, off of work at uh, a vacation time to come and serve for a week at VBS. That's a unique organization, isn't it? And if we see ourselves, when we see ourselves as people who are called to do things, it leads us to decisions that come early to be a greeter, to come to practice to be a choir member, to prepare a Sunday school lesson, to get our house ready for the guests that are going to come to our small group meeting. It calls us to not just do the bare minimum because I'm a volunteer, but to strive to do the excellence because I'm called and I'm a servant. When my attitude is an attitude of a volunteer, I may approach things one way, but when my attitude is the attitude of a servant, I approach it another. The church couldn't begin to do all that it does without volunteers. But we also understand that the servant has a different attitude than a volunteer. A volunteer can quit any time they want to quit. Not a servant. Serving someplace that God's called me to serve. Not only to place me somewhere, calls me to be involved, pours his gifts and his talents to me to help others. That's why Jesus couldn't want to cross. Say, hey, guys, I'm a volunteer and I am out of here. No, Jesus is serving. Nobody's above you in service. Nobody's above you in service. You don't progress to the point in the kingdom of God where you no longer have to serve. In fact, Jesus said it just the opposite way. He said, if you really want to be great, you're a servant. But the greatest of all, you know what you are? You're a slave. You're bought and paid for. And you have no choice in the matter yourself. 
you really want to progress in this thing, is to just understand of who you are in the kingdom of God. It's not about being greater and not doing. It's about the more you come into the greatness of the kingdom, the more you die to yourself. I am so personally grateful for the impact volunteers have had on my life. Servant-minded volunteers. From the time I was born, I've been in church. My parents were pastors. They, 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 their volunteers took care of me in the nursery when I was a baby. They watched me when my parents had ministerial duties. It was, it was servant-minded volunteers that taught me in Sunday school, taught Sunday school lessons and answered all of my questions. They oversaw the parties that we had and did fun things for us. They opened their homes to me and my friends. They drove us to events on the buses. They were youth sponsors for our youth events when I was a teenager. Welcomed us again into their home. It was servant-minded volunteers that poured into my life all through my childhood, all through my teen years to help me see and know and love the church and to love what Jesus would do in our lives. And when I became a youth pastor, it was volunteers that made so many things happen. They prepared food. They loaned us their pools and their boats for our events to go out and have a great time and do it in a righteous way. They taught small groups. They sent, they, they set up equipment and prayed over kids and took time to build relationships with students. They went out and hung posters all over town inviting teens to the events that we were that we were having. They taught teens how to play instruments. They cleaned up. They took kids home after our events. They had this servant-hearted, servant-minded attitude that allowed us to touch hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of teenagers over almost a dozen years for the glory of God's kingdom. That could have never happened without people saying, I am going to be a servant-hearted minister of the kingdom. Make a difference. Servant-hearted leaders make it better. Make it stronger. Do more than what any paid person could do on their own. Servant-hearted ministers looking are a people who look for opportunity to serve. They look for opportunity to serve. Years ago, I was uh, out of high school. I had some before college. Uh, Bob was uh, building houses at the time. And uh, it was kind enough to give me a job.
church doesn't need to take you all day to do that. Now I've got, you know, the next five, six hours to keep busy in the hole in the ground. And I'm just down there rejoicing and a servant-hearted volunteer that has come by and given of his time and his effort to make the job a lot easier. Now that's the, that's the heart of the sermon. Looking for the opportunity. God will give you opportunities to serve you. He'll plop things in your lap, and you'll have the chance to walk by and do nothing and say it's their problem. Or you'll have the chance to knock on the door and to look at them and say, Hey, can I help you? Now, I'm telling you what. Every time I think of that man up in Champaign, I thank God for him. And I have for 40 years. Will you be a servant? Check it out, look around, 
decide, is this the place for me? That's okay. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Come check things out. Hang around. It's taking care of my needs. It's the place I want to invest my life. Great. Great. But there comes a moment in time when you need to change and say, yeah, it is. This is my place. This is where God's putting me. And I'm no longer a consumer. I'm one of the team. And where can I serve? God, how would you how would you have me bless other people's lives? Now that may be six months, it may be eight months, it may be two months. But there needs to come that change in life. If you're sitting here and you've been here for 15 years and you're not serving any place, it's time to get on board. It's time to find a place to serve. It's time to say, you know what? The church is one of the places I'm called to serve others. Hundreds of ways to serve. Readers, others, parking lot attendants, children's workers, people serving in the corner cafe or at Hope Cliff Center, the hitting center, driving a bus, tuning a child, working in student ministries, at an information booth, EBS, outreaches, choir or worship teams, on and on. There's people who come in here during the week and volunteer to clean up the building. These come, the, the janitors who are working are giving, those others who just come in and volunteer their time to clean. We have people in our fellowship, nobody, very few people, not only maybe a few board members may know, they use their professions to help the church do things that we couldn't do without paying for it any other way. And they say, we're going to do that for the church. That's their way of volunteering, giving time helping us get things done. They just use what resource they've had to let the church be better. They look at us and say, listen, if you have anybody this kind of need or anybody that kind of need, send them our way we'll help take care of them. Because they see themselves with a servant-hearted mindset of the C2 group as we go on and on and on. There's a place in the church where you can serve. And as we go to the new building, here's our real challenge for you on Sunday. Come one, serve one. Come to one service and serve in another service. We got plenty of places we can use. I put on a smile, put on a servant-hearted mindset. Don't do it begrudging, but do it with joy in the Lord and serve. When I was a boy growing up in the church, you know, my dad was a Marine. I was never a Marine. My dad was a Marine, but my dad brought the Marine Corps mindset into a lot of things that he did. And he had this little saying. Some volunteers, and we're going to get them the Marine Corps way. And he said, the Marine Corps way was, I need three volunteers, you, you, you. And there was many times when I was at the other end of that you, you. And I would be volunteered to do something. And there were times when I was happy about it and I wanted to do it. There were other times I didn't want to do it. Do you know what I found in the middle of serving? is that there were people who celebrated that before and blessed them and thanked them. It would be long to say, this is a way. This is a good thing. I found life in it. And truly, I began to find the purpose for my life in serving. I'm going to tell you, you're going to find fulfillment in 
bless you. Tell them. If their smile made a difference to you this Sunday when you came to the door, let them know about it. And I had a tough week this week. You're smiling. You'd be in here. It helped me today. This C2 group that we have there. I just look forward to this so much. Tell them. Because in that telling, friend, it builds and gives us that strength.